It is now. It just did. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Millionaire by Morning Podcast with Rashad Thorough Q. Thank you for tuning in today. You could have been anywhere spending your time, but you're here with me. And I want to start today off by kind of um, telling a little bit more about the Millionaire by Morning Podcast and what it's about and what it relates to. Um, so... We want to get past the, um, at some point, we want to get past the nine to five mindset, the nine to five lifestyle, the check to check lifestyle. So what we're doing is diving into the mindset that separates people that are financially free versus people that work for a living, punching a clock, and live check to check. So that's basically what today's episode will be about. It's going to be about uh, teaching a little bit, learning a little bit. We have a special guest on today uh, that's going to give some insight into this topic. So we want to go ahead and get started. Uh, today is Thursday, August the 27th, and this is going to be episode number one. All right. So let's dive into it. Sir, could you introduce yourself for the audience today? Yes, my name is Joshua Walker. I am, I guess an old guy for KMWI. Been around for five or so years. I've always, always been into this exact type of thing. So I'm glad that, glad that Kenny uh, linked us up. Hooked I us think up. this would be a pretty interesting conversation, right? Uh, no matter what topics we cover. Uh, don't know what you want to know about me. I guess we'll kind of learn as we go along. Yeah, man. Um, so, so I'll tell you a little backstory, and uh, it's it's the the uh, these topics might switch from you know topic to topic, but I'm cool with that. Um, and because this is my first episode uh, I will probably be telling my story and how I jumped off the porch you know as far as being an entrepreneur um, and doing things that I uh, love to do I will be telling some of those stories in between you know interviewing you you know so it's all a freestyle at this point there's no questions written down and nothing like that all oh right. okay all right <laughs> all right we're gonna so, be trading then yeah that's it so so um I used to have a, I used to have a record label, right? And uh, I don't know. There's a local artist by the name of Twisty Black that used to be um, real big in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. So uh, he actually, we got signed to the same record label as Twisty Black did in Fort Worth, Texas. So I was really excited about that. And um, he actually let us get on a song with him. He was going to do a concert in Dallas, and he let us get us let. Me and my group and record label get on the song with him. So 
he was opening up for a big name artist and he wanted us to open up for him. Uh-huh. So um, what happened is we did the song on that day. The song that he wanted us to do, we did it on that day. So we went and uh, I knew I did my song and from the ride from Fort Worth to Dallas, me and my um, rap group was riding to Dallas. So I'm reciting my song the whole time, reciting my song, reciting my verse. So of course I get out there with the first act in front of a big name artist and I forget the whole entire song. Oh no. <laughs> so, so man, I was I was embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. from that point on, from that point on, I never ever wrote anything down or remembered anything again. I just went straight off the head. Okay. So that's how I'm gonna do these interviews and that's why. <laughs> I like that backstory. <laughs> so so that's that's that, man. Um, but yeah, as far as starting off as rap music, I'm a really big fan of rap. I always have been, um, on the record label, like I say, and here lately I've, um, I just read a book, uh, by Gucci man. And it told about his backstory and, and what was really shocking about it was where he come from and where he was able to make it to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, and also, I just read that story last week, but then this week you had Master P tell his story on cable this week, and also the Rough Riders, DMX. So, um, you and your background, you know, as far as financing, am I right? Mm -hmm. um, you have a background in finance, but can you give any insight to what these people came from nothing, you know? gutter background, gutter living. They came from nothing to, you know, earning $350 million. So I guess in a sense, and I don't know if it's psychological, social, you know, I don't know what it is, but can you give a sense of why it is that some people might be able to do that? And then some people, you know, they'll never make $35 an hour or, you know, they, they, um, just barely making it from month to month. Oh yeah. It's super interesting that you asked that question because before, right as I was on my way up here, I was on, on the phone with my brother and he was talking about an article that he came across that was asking about the wealthiest nation. And he asked me what my parameters were to assess, you know, to measure a, a nation's wealth. And I was like, that's a good question. You know, we can go by GDP, the gross domestic product, uh, you can go by and I, I basically said, well, what measures the wealthiest nation would be uh, productive real estate, like productive real estate, oil and silver is what I said. And then as we were talking, I'm like, well, you know, we, we can have productive real estate, oil and silver. But if there's no business structure in that, then th there's no proper utilization of those resources right. with Master P. DMX, which I've never heard of his story, but basically the way that people get to these levels of, of freedom is, first of all, they have a, a resource of business infrastructure. And some people, it's they're kind of pre, uh, not preoccupied to it, but predisposed to this idea of abundance. And as from an early age, I think we're all kind of predisposed to the idea of abundance because we're not taught to to live within these limits. Right. And over time, a lot of us that have trouble getting 
past this barrier where once we break through the barrier, we can achieve this freedom, this nine, nine to five. It, we've been kind of bogged down, overfed uh, this idea of this lifestyle is the lifestyle to this is the lifestyle not good or bad this is just the lifestyle you live you, you go to school you get your job you get your degree and then you go to work and you get you some paychecks and you just so happen to work hard until eventually you might be able to retire this is the mindset that's been force-fed right but master p dmx and there was a third person that you had mentioned gucci man. and gucci man they probably didn't come up with that indoctrinated and re-indoctrinated into them themselves. It's either that they consciously or they consciously chose to think differently. They consciously chose to keep thinking differently or they were already naturally like that and they didn't have as many interruptions in their thinking habits to allow them uh, to disallow them to become productive to that to that level. Right. You're right. And you know what they all had in common? The same gutter that they came from, all of those, well, the people that they looked up to, and this dates back to the beginning of uh, rap and hip hop. But what they did have, you're right, they broke away from that structure. What they did have in their neighborhoods and what they seen was drug dealers. Uh-huh. So they, I tell people all the time, like, drug dealing is, I mean, it's only because they're not in the corporate world are they getting in trouble for it. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's it's still a business. You know, it's a it's a it's a state of it's mind. It's a profit mechanism. Yeah, it's profit mechanism. No matter you know, no matter what it is that you're selling, um, at the end of the day, it's what um, what is it called? Demand. Um, talking about the IRS? No, I'm talking about someone someone wants it, so you provide it. Supply and demand. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Provider. Right. So um, at the end of the day, they did see that. That's what they all three have in common. Um, so I think um, exactly what you said and what you touched on as far as what you are, the, the school system, you know, you kind of, if you don't see it, you don't want to be it. You don't know that it is. You don't even know that it, yeah. You don't know that it's even there. Right. You understand. This is, this is, this is, you know, the world I live in right here this little circle right and you have the the thing about it is what you just said you know it really touches on the point because you can live in a, a totally different country and you're rich by a totally different measure mm -hmm. um you could be you know <laughs> living off the barter system and if you make a product much better than the next person makes then you know you're going to get all of the the um benefits right you know so um it's just, it's just mind-boggling to me that, especially in America, why is it that we are we are taught um, we are taught to live a certain way, and that the wealth gap is is so far apart? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you do you have any um, input on that? Input on that. The the yeah. <laughs> so we're we're in the midst, uh, we're approaching a paradigm shift. Now, like this decade, there will be a, there's, there's going to be a shift of cycles and these cycles occur every other generation. OK, mm -hmm. so this this current cycle that we, we're in, this power cycle uh, where the Western nations are the most powerful in the in the financial 
uh, the financial vehicles and the logistics that they use is, is the most, you know, is on top. Had its biggest, biggest leg up about 100 years ago when we came out with the financial, or excuse me, with the financial, the fractional reserve banking system. That's actually been around way, 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 way longer than that. But uh, the Federal Reserve back in 1913, once that was established, it was a it was a very vast team effort and getting everything else with your your upbringing tied into this idea. And so with the fractional reserve banking system, basically, it's you're able to promise something. You don't have anything to back it up. And over time, you can get the people that are taking these certificates of value and accepting that for the true value without recognizing the value that's attached to it, which is purchasing power, power, ownership, things of that nature. Right. Right. So with our education system, this is deeply tied into this this paradigm that was established way back in 1913 as an organized mechanism for power production for the folks that are on the high side of the wealth gap, not for the people that are on the low side of the wealth gap. So when people when people say at this moment in time, it's by design. That's exactly what you mean at that point. That's def it is definitely by design. It by, by design is your school system is built to, to teach you a bunch of of nothing or to teach you uh, go to school, go to college, get married, have babies. Uh, everything, every step that you take, you're actually programmed to take each and every one of those steps. Yeah, and it, there's... Because, you, you know, I, I have a lot of convert. Well, I, I have a lot of internal conversations now, uh, but I have a lot of a lot. Of, yeah. 1913 is a curse to your David. But I always like to think of things from both sides. You know, now the popular narrative right now speaks to race. That's the most popular narrative right now that everybody loves talking about. Right. I'm like, that's that's not where we need to be, where we need to be focused is getting to the table of that next level up because the next level up are the folks who had the largest hand in, in designing this paradigm. Mm -hmm. These are the elites. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I'm, an, if I'm an elite at the table at 1913, what am I thinking back then? Well, there's a whole bunch of people. They're doing all sorts of different things. If we can just get them all to work this way, then we can provide a convenience to them and they will provide, a, uh, a provide more power to us. So it was, they, they are in their right mind. They didn't have some evil maniacal plan to say, oh, we're going to really screw these people over. Right. Although they were so smart, you know, they were so smart where they said, well, we're going to design a, a system that's so good and so convenient so that if they, they decide to participate in it, we're, we can have them for a long period of time. So if you get people to participate in something that's very convenient at the time, and then it becomes normal mm -hmm. becomes normalized it becomes a part of the culture right. and so it's become we've become culturalized with this expectation of grow up get a good job blah 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 because that's what we were taught from the generation before who was taught by the generation before and of course this is something that's been a back and forth between power cycles for thousands and thousands of years. And somebody actually just mentioned it on, on here, which is that if you control the money, the money represents the purchasing power or the control of resources. If you control the if you control those resources, then you can control you control the folks or the citizens or the 
the, the products, in this case, that's right. what they are, products. People are products. Mm. You control the products that are attached to the resources. You can easily, more easily influence that product's behavior or the product's inputs and outputs. I'm not thinking of it in terms of these are people with names and, and date of births and, and babies and stuff. I'm right. thinking about it as an elite in terms of product. So as an elite, so as an elite, they don't even look at people nope. as people. Nope. So, okay. So is what they're doing is not evil. It's just moving product. Well, I mean, what they're not doing is not evil in their mind. Listen, it is it on on their on their uh, I guess moral scale. I, our moral system and their moral system is not the same. Yeah, right. Which is, man, that's weird. But it think about it. Think about the the, the crackhead who buys the crack. Right. Their more their moral value system is based off of in a, a different. Uh, central value the feeling of getting high or the feeling of escaping some type of trauma that crack helps you escape from or whatever the case may be they have based their life off of a different system of values to us oh you know why is that dude in the back alley blowing this guy off for some crack money right to us that wouldn't make any sense of course well i think at that point they know what they're doing you know they 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 know <laughs> they know that it's not right. You know what I mean? They do it because they know they have an addiction. They got to feel that addiction. They have to feel that need and then they'll get sick or, you know, um, they can't afford it. So they were raised, you know, nine out of, time, times out of, nine times out of 10, uh -huh. they were probably raised with certain moral values as opposed to people who are not basically mm -hmm. so they know that they're doing wrong but they're just doing wrong they justify it by saying you know i'm gonna get sick but that's i think that's totally different than justifying it for saying well maybe it ain't different. no it's not <laughs> i guess it's, it's it, not it's different. like because at that point you're you're uh, i mean we're, we all have we all have our different I, i'll just call it a human spectrum and the human spectrum is a very wide spectrum yeah and definitely. so you know, one day the same person who saved the the kids' lives on the on the burning bus, the in, in another year, in another century, at another time, you know, he could be it could be morally wrong, or it could be uh, it could be wrong for him to do one thing in one period of time. It could be okay for him to do that exact same thing in a different period of time. And so we we have this spectrum of of humanity that that we kind of fell to really really understand so this crackhead who's who's blowing joe for some more money uh i i wouldn't do that 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 doesn't vibe with my moral code but if there is a culture and within his tiny population there is a small culture of where this is pushed and where this is reinforced that's how you get money and that's how you you know yeah. so my if my value is not if my value uh supersedes the for me, what I would see as a disgrace or an embarrassment or, you know, something that I that would go against all, all the things that I believe in, because the things that I believe in are tied to this value system as opposed to money. 
the person who's smoking crack or the person who's killing such and such or the person who's selling such and such into slavery or the person who is taking advantage of this family for the idea of putting their family more forward just aligns with a different system of values. And so the people that stay oppressed, they don't recognize that there's another, there's another system of values. And because they fail to identify that value system, they fail to operate within that system. So for, for uh, Master P, for DMX, for Gucci, if they did the same thing, they were at least able to identify that there was a different value system and that they could use the, that, that's the system uh, that you know, those products needed, that those clients, those customers uh, based their lifestyles upon. They positioned themselves to get in, to, and, and use their kind of business infrastructure mindset to make a profit off of it. So can I ask okay. a question? I'm curious. So how does that, that, that value system, we talk about someone like Trump, who was born into millions, right? And then we take someone like a Bill, well, I can't say Bill Gates because he didn't inherit it, he worked for his. Um, there was another, you know, any other millionaire that was born into wealth, but their value systems are completely opposite. Trump is on a whole spectrum by himself where everything is him. It's about him. If it doesn't benefit him, one, does he want to destroy it? He does want to destroy it. He wants to eliminate it. When the, on the other side, someone who is actually coming to wealth feels the need for humanity to reach out to people. So their value system are totally different, but these are two people who came up in wealth. Why does that happen? Life experience, I would say. Uh, I, I would say it's life experience, the way you reflect off of different and the way that you reflect off of those experiences. So in my personal life, I've recognized a lot of my own personal insecurities and the way that I've responded to someone else's actions and their words and their, and their deeds. When those actions, words, and deeds may have not been badly intended, the way that my life experience, you know, the way that I've come up and learned to perceive things from my own personal life experience, put this light on their actions, words, and deeds. And so if Trump is that type of person and everything is all about him, then there was something in his upbringing that, that provided him with the perspective where that was reinforced and encouraged. Right. He is, I believe, is totally psychological. Um, and with saying that, it, um, I can't think of what it is, but it's a psychological complex that most millionaires or billionaires Well, have. his is narcissism. Narcissism. Narciss yeah, but um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've read somewhere that most millionaires or billionaires, they are, um, you know, very much, they have psychological issues, you know, that normal people, they, they do things in, in ways that normal people wouldn't do, but that's total uh, psychological, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I have read that somewhere, but him, I don't, yeah, I would say narcissist all the way. But the only thing about all of this that, that's kind of, <laughs> that's really upsetting is just the fact that it's not an equal playing field. Because like I was saying earlier, uh, the same drugs, opioids and heroin, you know, one people can make them with a contract and sell them. And the other one, um, you know, they're going to get life in prison for. Mm -hmm. So it's not, <laughs> I guess I can say it's not that is, it has to be the way of nine to five. It's the fact that you don't have or a certain class 
don't have the money to get the certificate or the degree or whatever it is that takes to get on this level. Uh, the Lori lady who sent her kid to college, you know, she knew she was cheating, but they have the money for lawyers. They have the money, you know, she got what, two months, two days, two weeks? They have, in they have infrastructure. They have infrastructure that they can bring to the table with their other counterparts and mutually benefit with versus our infrastructure or lack thereof that we won't, you know, if, if think of, this is all chess, you know, this is just chess. You have to remove yourself from the unequal playing field and, and look at why the field is perceived to be unequal out of your favor. Is it perceived or is it? No, it, no, you just weren't like, Gucci ain't sending you no money. Why not? Because you weren't at the table when he was talking about his plans. You didn't have any mutual value that he was aware of. That's right. a big, huge asterisk right there that he was aware. He don't know you, so he's never going to send you a check. He's never going to answer his phone on a regular day if you just called him asking for a favor because you weren't at the table. When this system or this game or this structure, uh, this social structure was designed and built, most of us, if not, yeah, most of us were not at that table. Most of us that are at disadvantage, at a disadvantage, were just not at the table. And, Is there a way? Huh? Is there a way to close the gap? You have to create your own table. You have to create your own table. That's a good one. Yep. Right there. And so our issue is that we, as a collective, if we're talking about black folks, as a collective, I, 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 our issue is that we, we, we continue to confuse the parts of the table. Number one, we don't trust the materials to use to make the table. And when we come to the table, it's, it's hard to have a conversation at the table. And so it's like, well, while they have a table together where they can come convene, hey, yeah, we had a meeting about this, blah, blah, blah. Like there's, a, there's and this is, a, this is a personal frustration for me. You know, I'm, I'm a part of a lot of different groups and a lot of them are very intellectual groups. And even us for, for years continue to talk about nothing. And the reason why is because this guy's, this guy's value system is based off of this. This guy is still being influenced by the value system that he's told to believe in, which reinforces a, a degrading uh, or you know devaluing right. principle. I don't. Want, nobody wants that at the table. Right. Right. So I'm. If, if if we as a people can't even agree on what to how to build our table and what to discuss at the table, then why would why would why would you let somebody who can't come up with their own shit at your table. So me as an elite, I don't want an, an, I don't want to, I'm not going to give up my power to someone who will not give me more power because I'm getting the maximum amount of power out of them for the least amount of cost. I've established my system and my structure to get the most for nothing. I can give you millions, billions, trillions, of certificates of value while that costs me nothing. Mm -hmm. I can get the value of your time, your talents, your attention. I can get your blood, your tears. I can get all of that. All I have to do is print a digit and I got you. 
Why would I let you come to the table if all I need to do to pay you off from coming to the table is type a few digits into the computer and make it show up in your bank account? Mm. So that's, that, that's the disconnect that we have. we have. In order for us to develop our own table, we have to make it out of material that would break their table. We have to understand what their table is made out of and where its fracture points are. A huge part of their table is in the things that we value most, which is the, the idea of value. Right. Delivered in their certificates of value, which is the dollar. We don't recognize enough of our history because we're so distracted. This is also something that's reinforced in the education system, especially with black folks. This is another personal frustration of mine. When I was looking into history, and I all we all I see with all I see is losers. When I look into history, we we lost we, we lost and so we got traded into slavery. And then we've been in slavery and we've been crying and singing hymnals and holding hands and marching and protesting and holding up signs for I don't know how long. Long time. Long time. And we're still doing it, and it's 2020. It's 401 year next year. I thought we were supposed to be done after 400. And so th those are the types of things that, that you have to keep in mind that we have to work to unreinforce. Because when we enforce the, the value, you know, when we enforce their value system, that strengthens their table. Right. Uh, I was. I was talking about what their table was primarily made of those certificates. So it's like, okay, well, if you look back in history and you go beside the whole us getting our asses kicked, us getting victimized and conquered and colonized and all that kind of stuff, why were they doing that? What was motivating their decision? And then what was it that was attached? What is it that's attached now to their ability to maintain their level of control? Well, primarily it's money. Mm -hmm. It's, it's our idea of money. We don't, you know, there's money and then there's value. So if we keep our focus on, and it's not just the money, I'm just using this as an example, their, their, their table is made out of other materials like policy and, and logistics and, and media. That's a huge one. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other things that are built into their table. Right. Anywho, we identify the weak point of their money and make their money less influential over our life decisions, AKA getting out of the whole nine to five trap, putting yourself in position where you could, you and your community community can be completely self-sustainable mm -hmm. despite what's going on with the economy, mm -hmm. developing a skill that doesn't require you to rely on another man's teat. Right. So those are things that have to happen on an individual level which require a completely different set of values, which require, you know, a, a, a different level of, first of all, an understanding of your own human potential. Yeah. We, we often, we often rob ourselves of our own wealth yep. just by the way that we look at ourselves. Yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of us, and this, this is, this is like, I, I, I'm talking about my own self as far as the things that I've recognized that I do. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm consciously making efforts to do better as a human being. Right. And I still naturally do these things. So there are people that don't consciously make effort to do better, which make that even worse. So if me as a product by design, or at least by programming, yeah. not by design, by programming, maximize value to my oppressor while minimizing value to myself, 
that makes me more dependent on the oppressor. Why would the oppressor bring me into his house if I have shown my, if I told myself that I am worth less than he is? I have to show, if I am to show him anything, Right. I would have to have something that would show that there is a significant more amount of value when you do business with us this way. Otherwise, business will maintain and stay the same this way. So we have to change the way we do business. Okay. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you're uh, keeping up with the news or not. Um, but if so, you know, I'll fill you in. Uh, so last night, the NBA, what, the NBA, MLB? Boycott, boycotted. Yeah, they boycotted. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a move in the right direction? They, they changed their mind. They went back? Yeah. Well, Weak. If you make a decision and stick with it. They only did it for one day. They did it for one day. They gave you a 12-hour break. And I had a great time last night not watching the game. I watched a movie by Adam Sandler. Me and my wife were laughing and having a good old time. <laughs> So I don't know what I don't know what they were trying to do. If you if you want to put your nuts on the table, keep right. your nuts on the right. table and let them look at it. You got to do something. Time ago. They they so renewed. Do you think that like if they would have stayed down? Because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, my God, man, I'm so tired of hearing first black anything. It's too oh, that yeah, there that that that's that's continue. <laughs> so especially. In the NFL, NBA, anywhere where it's eighty percent, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Colored people. Well, if we say colored people, we can go to ninety percent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's uh, I mean that's almost a slap in the face if you ask me, because on one end you're saying either you are purposely leaving these people off the table, or you don't think that they are intelligent enough or should be sitting in the same room with you. So for it to be a first anything black or of color at this that juncture. Is, that is a, that is a, yep. That's a, that's an undertone message. Yeah. <gasps> it's the first one in 2000 years of our existence after Jesus came. No, yeah. no, that's no, not, that's not the first one. Are you serious? No, but I want to go off on a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> you, 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 you have your, your, um, that's, that's, that's the, um, the go-to anytime that there's an issue they put the 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 first person that's ever been you know part of the establishments part of the organization you know what position they put them in they put them in head of uh, diversity <laughs> and inclusion diversity. <laughs> that dumb shit man that's the first every time you hear about that it, is not a real you know what okay so this is I'm at the table, and but I'm gonna before I'm, you before you get in deep into that one, right? I gotta mention this because you know I'm a Washington football team fan, right? Been all my life. They did hire the first black president in the entire league since its existence, so that is a first. So that is significant. What that does is sets a tone for all these other young players. He was a player as well, and this guy is barely 40 years old. So here's a guy who is extremely intelligent. He's worked his way to that point. He didn't just show up one day and apply for a job. They did thorough credentialing on this guy. This guy is definitely worth it because it's a combination of corporate experience as well as academic experience, plus he actually played in the football league. So he had a combination of all this, so they made him the first. 
That was setting a precedent. So when you say a first, now I'm saying Barack Obama is the first black president in this country. But what it does is sets a precedent. So in some ways, there is some value in that. But I get what you're saying. I, I understand, and I, I can see your side too. And yeah, uh, there's some validity to it, of course. Because it does bring up the morale. Right. However, now that the morale, I mean, I thought that the, I thought we were going on a rocket ship when Obama came. You know, oh, you know, first black president, you know, he's got a smooth charm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I figured that that would bring, I figured that that would lift us up in such a way where we felt empowered to do for ourselves. As a people. But, but we did, but what we did as a collective is we said, oh, well, now we can get it from our nigga. Yeah. Yeah. We can get it from our nigga now. No, you got to get it. You have to get it. Yeah. We need to do that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, now that he left eight years later, now we got this, you know, now we got this, 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 ro this romanticism with like this, this ex that we can't get over. We can't get over Obama because he blah, blah, blah. He was our savior. <laughs> you have to save yourself. And yeah. so now what Trump is showing is that you have to save yourself. He's not going to help your ass. That's what his whole message is. At least that's what the message that the that's the narrative about Trump is that he ain't for he's not going to help you out. Now, everybody has their own opinions about Trump, but that, like I said, that's the popular that's the popular message. Good is my idea. I'm glad that there's somebody in the office who has an honest presentation of what's going to happen. You are not going to get help. You have to learn how to help yourself. We are in a time of a power transition. Yeah. Okay, this is a wealth cycle shift. In times of wealth cycle shift, what's, what happens a lot is called shakeouts. A shakeout is when weak hands are taken out. You see what I'm talking about? So if me as a weak hand, please, somebody give us something. <laughs> and you got your hand in this weak, get that shit out of there because you're getting shaken out. You don't have anything to bring to the table anymore. We sucked out all of that time, all of those, all of that blood, all of those tears, all of that talent. And we're still treating you like this. And you still have the same approach as you have for a long period of time. What I'm showing you as Trump's narrative officer is that you need to learn or choose how to do things differently. Take your hand back. Take your hand back and learn how to use it to feed yourself. Because whenever this shift happens, only the people that can feed themselves will be able to eat. Do you think the United States will be the strongest nation within that power shift? That's a really good question. I would hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I do too. We, we, we have, you know, there's, there's, there is, you know, in a, in a power shift, you do have other nations that have completely different ideologies. And a lot of them are kind of tied in and incestually into our political system. And so we still believe this whole fair, you know, well, I don't, I don't know how many we's actually believe this, but democracy, you know, go vote and it's gonna make a huge change and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of incestuous, uh, the, the, only, the only word I can use is, is dark and perverted intention that comes from other players that are not from the same ideolo uh, ideological foundation for America, but they work within America. 
They work, you know, they, they, they're in the system. They're, they're double agents in the, in the matrix. You know, they're, they're agents that pop up. You know, they're in the game too. And so they have, they have power as well. And when you, when you see a power shift, my hope is that it doesn't shift so much to where now the, 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 you know, the ideological values that are good and productive and prosperous for America end up getting usurped by somebody else. It, like, just, just think about us if we just suddenly shifted, like, black, black people are in power now. Snap. It happened in a, in a blink. I'm like, well, you know, what, what would happen if we actually took over? Would we do them like they did us? There are some people that would do it, and you really couldn't get mad at them for doing that because it's like, well, you kind of fucked us over for the past really long time. You yeah. really deserve it. You really deserve it. Right. But are you spelling the same fate for yourself on right. the next power shift when it ain't your turn again? Because there was a point in time when it was our turn, but we lost sight of that. We took on their value system. Yeah. And we forgot our yeah. we forgot our entire value as a result of that. Yeah. Um. Great talk, man. Great talk. So, I guess because you notice these things, you know, like you say, you are um, you're, you're intellectual. You you know have a background in finance. Um, you notice these things. You're well-versed in all of what's going on. So, do you bring the people that are not along, the people that are, I guess, the nine-to-five worker who just, they just don't get it. You have people out here that just, you know, are they destined to be janitors, per se? And, you know, I'm just saying that in a sense of, um, we are just now turning over a leaf to where I know my parents had the mindset of go to school and hopefully hope for the best, you know, um, if you can, you know, be a doctor or a lawyer, that's the best thing going. If not, go get this job at, um, you know, the railroad or back then, I think it was General Dynamics or General Motors. Mm -hmm. And you have people that's just stuck there because that's all that they were ever taught, you know, not really taught about the finances, not really taught about entrepreneurship and things of that nature. Um, so I guess I say that to say, is there a way to include the people? And I'm speaking as like a race, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, education. Cause like I say, this is the internet. <laughs> to me, if you ask me, the internet is not that old. You know what I mean? Mm -mm. But if you ask me, the internet is the only reason that we even starting to get educated about a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. that we just now learning how to eat right, you know, healthy. Yeah. Cause we can see it now. Back then it was hog moths and neck bones. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Down south it was. So, um, also by design. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, once you open your mind, you see all of it. It just, it comes to you. So, I guess I should, that's, that's my question. As an intellect, do you struggle to see, like even rap music? Now, I, I love rap music, but now I'm looking at it like, man, you know, they're really messing up a generation. Yeah. You know? I would say yes. I, I, I look at it like the uh, Noah's Ark. So Noah was like, man, it's about to rain. It's about to rain. And it's either you learn how to swim or you learn how to build a boat. But I'm telling you, it's gonna rain. 
Now, the people that ain't going to make it are going to say this. Well, you know, I just want my security. I want to be safe in this job because it's not going to rain. They're going to pay me. I'm going to be able to retire. I'm going to put plenty of money in my 401k. It might sprinkle, but you it's know, not going to It might sprinkle, but we'll be fine. Yeah. Which, as a design, also, this is programming design built into my industry, the financial industry. A lot of the financial advisors say the same thing. And they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know what money is. Right. The, the difference between currency and money. Oh, well, you know, just hold on for the long term. The market's generally positive. You're, when you're going to retire at 65, but you don't take it, you don't take into factor inflation. You don't take in factor, uh, into factor uh, the, the, the ever-breathing 10,000-page IRS document that can change its tax code at any point in time. You don't take in, you didn't take in factor the, the power of your currency either. All of these things are always changing. And so as you saved up your millionth dollar and you're finally in retirement, you find out that you have to pay 40% of that in taxes. And also the inflation rate increased by 50, 75%. So your million isn't even worth the 10,000 that you had 50 years ago. Woo. Then you're feeling real stupid. Woo. So you have to, you have, you know, for, for those folks, they will drown. That simple. But for the people that ever, you know, there's this human, you know, we have a human intelligence in us that goes beyond our own understanding, right. which, which, which speaks to the amazing, the, the, the amazingness of the human specimen. There's a saying for that. God take care of fools and dummies and babies. God take care of fools and babies. The God network. This is the God file. Okay. So we are tied into this, this, we have a particle of his essence. Right. And that is an, that is a universal intelligence that something don't smell right. Yeah. So just like when a storm's coming, the animals will run off and, right. and go do whatever. We have that same similar thing, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of us have become so desensitized to our own humanity. Yeah. You see that on TV. Desensitization to humanity is a thing now. I mean, it's always been a thing. It's been a thing on us. Yeah. Like it's been put onto us two days ago. So a desensitization to that also means a desensitization of understanding how your senses work. And we have multiple facets that make us human. You know, you got your spirit, you have your emotions, you have your physical body, and then you have the way that those three interact with one another and the way you as a rational human being interacts with it. Mm -hmm. So for those people that are still somewhat tuned in to the, to the fact that there's something not right going on, those are the people that can either get on the boat, learn how to swim, or that you can show them how to build their own boat. Yeah. 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 So who do you, um, who do you follow? And what, what's your thought on um, Dr. Boyce Watkins? I don't know a lot about that guy. I know that he is a financial, he's a black financial guru guy. He has, he's on the same wavelength as Dr. Claude Anderson. And I think there's another black guy that says the same kind of, I, like I, I never really listened to him in depth, uh, but I think we're kind of all on the same ish wave in that it's important to learn skills to become self-sufficient and, and you know, right. kind of, you know, you're not victims. You don't have to stay where you're at, all that kind of stuff. Uh, um. So what do you, who do you, who do you listen to or follow or 
you know, books do you read, you know, to stay in tune, stay in touch with, you know, um, I mean, your finances to, you know, keep your mind clear, uh, stay focused. Who, who are some of the people you follow? Well, I, w- I have to say, like right now, if I were to say I had a mentor, which I do, uh, my mentor, well, first, a little backstory on me. So, again, you know, all this stuff kind of started with me being frustrated with, dang, why are we always showing in this light? I know I'm not, I know I'm not that dude. I know I'm not a loser. I know I'm not less intelligent. I know I'm not less capable. Why do they keep on telling me I am? Who is they and what, what are their, what is the most, you know, so, so I started to look into, uh, you know, one of my frat brothers, he, he taught me about a book called Outwitting the Devil, which was very influential in the way that I perceived things by Napoleon Hill, very significant book. Another book that really evolved my perspective on thing was another book called uh, No Excuses by Brian Tracy. That was a really good one. Uh, and then just on the history of money and how that whole thing worked, I probably recommended this series of YouTube videos to at least two or 3,000 people. And it's called The Hidden Secrets of Money. It goes into the history of our money system and why I keep on telling people how important it is to understand the mechanisms that can influence your buying power. Because if you don't, then you're going to stay poor. So that's just a little backstory. Now, as far as the people that, that have helped me elevate even further, my family, my friends, I'm a, uh, I'm a student of Team Alliance. Team Alliance is a group of folks who study the market, like raw market behavior. Okay. This dude's name is Mark Fuller. He is, I, I, you know what? He is the literal Morpheus to today. I'm not even like, I'm not even hyping this dude up. He is a real life Morpheus because he has learned how to deal with his emotions and his human spectrum so well where he can understand the market, the raw, this is the raw market and, and interpret its language to consistently put himself in a very well self-sufficient position and he can teach that skill so uh, he can teach that skill to the other you know to other people that that kind of go go do try try to learn what he's what he's doing so uh i i I always i'm always going back and forth with him and the group that i'm with we're kind of like a little brain student group right um but that's just i guess that's kind of like like-minded's kind of like-minded folks kind of gravitate together. Yeah, bump ideas off each other. We bump ideas. Yeah, we we always we're we're learning ourselves as we learn the market. Right. And so th- it's just it, it was very organic. I didn't I didn't find him. Oh, I'm gonna follow this guy. I like his ideas. It's just everything uh, that that has come up to this point has happened very naturally and organically. And a lot of my time has been spent learning myself and learning how to apply my skill set to the market to put myself in a better position. And since he was showing the skill set, he was around and showed me a lot of good nuggets. Gotcha. So Mark Fuller, Team Alliance, that's why I got that hat on. Gotcha. Sharp okay. dude. Um, so in what capacity do you apply this knowledge? I apply it always. Are, are you, I guess I'm asking like professionally, are you, do you work as a consultant or? I work as a consultant. I'm not free just like everybody. I'm not some financially free, rich, wealthy person yet, just like a lot of people are. So from from that standpoint, I'm still working. From the standpoint of putting myself in position, I do that constantly. So outside of my work, I also, you know, I have 
a list of other items that I'm doing to put myself forward, put my family forward, put my community in a better position. And I, that, that's really just converting time into an asset. So to, to convert time into an asset requires the time. Yep. And it requires time to really develop the different uh, characteristics, kind of refine the characteristics that are required in order to make time an asset. Self-accountability, discipline, patience, consistency, you know, execution. These are things that have to constantly be refined and refined and refined and refined. And that comes from not just as a professional, but just as a human person mm -hmm. dealing with my own shit, yep. dealing with my own bullshit. Yep. And so, you know, I've, I've built up a momentum over years of bullshit that now I have to go in reverse. It's a snowball. It's a snowball. I'm, I'm taking this, I'm taking the snowflakes off yep. one day, one day, one minute, one hour at a time until I have whatever, what was, you know, whatever was it, whatever gold or crystal or whatever it was at the core, at the core, mm -hmm. at the beginning. Yep. And, um, yeah, man, I've read a lot on, um, spirituality. I've really just got into, um, history. So a lot of the things that you said, I relate to, um, you know, as far as how things started out and, if I, and I do this, you know, whoever I can talk to and whoever is listening, barbershop or whatever, um, I think that we are all built for the barter system, basically. We are all given a talent. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying earlier, we are all given a talent, but for $10, $20, $25 an hour, we'll sell that talent off. True. You know, we will, we will stop listening to that that voice in our head, the God box. We will shut it down for security. Yes. And I believe if we ever get to the point that uh, people used to think that I, I don't, I don't know, I have a personality that kind of, if I see you have potential, I'm I'm not I'm not nice about you slacking. I'm not, right. you know, if you're my friend, if you're in my circle, if I know you, I'm not really nice about it. You know what I mean? And um, I used to tell people all the time, man, you, if you want your dreams to come true, you know, being a single person, being young, whatever, man, you know, the the stories that, that people really find themselves in is probably them going off living somewhere amongst themselves, starting over. You know, um, it's not... In college, you don't get much time on yourself to think, you know, mm -hmm. you don't, there's spirituality and, um, you know, so I've really looked into the history of things and us being spiritual and that, that, um, what they say, always go with your first mind and things of that nature. And some of the cliche things that we say and also do, um, that's the path that people should follow. I believe to get them out of the nine to five mindset. Yeah. You're right. I, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, man. So, yeah. You know what? It's funny. Uh, are we at time? Okay, well, four minutes. Oh, damn. Well, how long was the show? 30 minutes or two? Oh, we Golly. Sheesh. Anyway, uh, so I thought of this, I thought of this corporation. Uh, it's called Overth Incorporated. I think I talked 
about it before. Overth Inc. I have a lot of shit in my head. And just learning how to organize my thoughts is, is a challenge in and of itself, as far as the first mind is concerned. Mm -hmm. Because Overth Inc. works, it's, an, it's a paradigm conglomerate. This is what helps create and manifest the different habits and ideas in people's lives. And the way that Overth Inc. works is that they hire internal dialogue engineering agents to engineer certain dialogues into your mind that you either consciously or unconsciously choose to unpack and put into your brain or put into your words. And so throughout your life, you can have multiple internal, uh, internal dialogue engineering agents all throwing packages at you at the same time to try to gain your subscribership. Some of us have to unsubscribe from certain internal dialogues in order for us to make room to subscribe to a more productive internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And that takes a conscious effort. That first mind is what many of us, or at least I, I can speak for myself, have been interrupted by with other internal dialogues either given to me or created by me or received from some place from throughout an experience or, or whatever the case may be. So I completely agree with that, the power of the first mind. Yeah. Getting back to where that was is where the opportunity's at. And uh, for for anyone on here listening, I'm gonna give you a website to go to, and it's uh, it will probably blow your socks off. But the name of it is sixteen the number one six personalities dot com. It's sixteen personalities dot com, and what it is, it's an assessment. And you answer the questions, and it it will spit out the type of personality. Like ETNJ and it's stuff right. like that. Yeah. Well, it's not the Myers Briggs, but it's similar. Personality assessment. Yeah. Personality assessment. We'll check that out. I took it, man, and oh man, it was it was right on point. And it's only like four or five different personalities, and what you just described was one of the personalities. What you were just saying. Uh huh. Yeah. Check into that, man. I'm gonna check it out. 16personalities.com. Yeah, I got about 16 internal dialogues that are working <laughs> at one point in time. Right. Like, who, right. Who, who's talking? What, what side are you on? Are you at the table? No, you ain't at the table. You got to get yeah. the table. You're messing up my table. It's uh, when they break it down like that, when when it's broken down like that, you, you realize, you know, basically, I'm not the only person with this type of mindset. I'm not the only person doing this. I'm not the only person that has 16 different ideas at one time. Because uh, I know that like that's one of my faults is <laughs> um, working on too much stuff at one time. Mm -hmm. Too many ideas. So you just don't get that one going. You know what I mean? But then you don't have enough money to pay enough assistance mm -hmm. to do everything else. So, you know, it's just uh, um, something that you got to recognize and then move on with it. You know, once you do that, you're good. All right? Millionaire by morning. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you next week, Thursday.